Welcome to The Brilliant, where brilliant people with brilliant ideas are working to make the world a little brighter. Hey everybody, welcome to The Brilliant Podcast. I'm here again with Emma Register, and Emma is the new intern for The Brilliant. She's specifically our social media intern, and uh, she is a student at Florida State University. She is studying business management, but that'll be a part of what we talk about, that it's taken her sort of a winding road in order to get here, and that has had a lot of things that have come along with it that have been epiphanies for her, which she can then share with the rest of us. And uh, so thanks for being on the show, Emma. We're, we're glad that you're here. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what got you to this point where you're a business management major. Hi. So as Jay said, I am Emma Register and I am a, now a business management major. However, I have had, I think, three or four different major changes at this point. I started down a STEM path mostly because, as Laura mentioned in her podcast, my high school had a really big STEM program, specifically with modeling and simulation, so think like animation and 3D modeling for that kind of thing, and I was a part of that program all four years, so I thought I wanted to be an engineering major and kind of doing the modeling on that side. And then during orientation, I kind of found out how much math it is, and math is definitely not my strong subject. So I decided to look around at the different tables at orientation, and I saw cyber criminology, because at that time I still thought I wanted to do something STEM-related. And then after taking a couple computer programming classes and criminology classes, I switched from criminology or cyber criminology to criminology. And then finally, in March of 2020, I think, I officially changed to business management with a minor in humanities. And this is because I have done theater now for over 10 years of my life. Um, This past June was 10 years of me doing theater, which is very hard to believe. So I knew I always wanted to do something with theater and with a business management major and a minor in humanities, I plan on going into theater management, which is basically running the business side of a theater and kind of doing the day-to-day business operations and marketing for a theater and all their shows that they would be producing. Yeah, that's been quite the journey that you've been on all the way from being an engineer and going, oh, I'm not really sure I like math and then going and finding cyber criminology. It it sounds like sort of you were looking for something and that seemed to fit all of the right things. But then as you got into it, you went, oh, I'm not sure about this either. And now you're at a place where there's almost sort of this duh moment of, oh, I've been doing theater for a long time and maybe a part of what I need to be doing is figuring out how I can do something that that aligns itself with theater. So I I think the, the big question there is, what then got you into theater way back like 10 years ago? What got you into that and what kept you there? So my story of me getting into theater is kind of like most people, I feel like, when I hear their stories about how they got into theater, which is, so I'm from the Orlando area, so a lot of Broadway tours would come through my area, and I got to see Wicked when I was eight years old, the touring cast of it, and 
just the production and the theatrics of it all made me want to at least try it. So summer of 2011, I was in Annie and the performance bug, as a lot of people in the performing arts that I know call it, kind of hit me. And I've been doing theater since, doing charity performances. I just use the gifts that I feel that God has given me and to tell stories and to help others in need with charities like Music for Melons, which I've performed with a whole lot, which raises money for breast cancer. Awesome. You talk about the theater bug. Yes. What is that? Like, you know, for people that are listening that have no interest whatsoever in theater, what is it about seeing Annie back then that you went, oh, wow, that is definitely something that I want? I know I say this word a lot in conversation to you, Jay, but the community aspect of theater kind of is what got me into it. I kind of consider all of my friends that I've made in theater my family, my second family to me pretty much. So, you know, kind of that community aspect because we're in a rehearsal room for how many hours working on a show together and telling that story. So we kind of, you know, have a mutual bonding over that and it kind of creates that community that you know that I've longed for yeah that huh so you were watching Annie and you said I was in Annie oh you were in Annie sorry yeah um and and you were like the big thing about this is not necessarily that I'm in front of a crowd but the big it's that I'm here in front of a crowd with all of these other people and the with all of these other people thing was the most important part of that for you I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand that they're like oh well it's just about you wanting to put on a face in front of the world and and that definitely has some good things to it yeah it does but I know a lot of people especially a lot of my friends in the Orlando theater community would agree with me it's more so the community and the friends and family aspect of it rather than putting on a good show for people yeah it's always a plus but right and and that's why the community is there it it wouldn't exist without the that community wouldn't exist without the opportunity to perform and really sort of the, the almost calling to perform that, hey, we're here, this is what we're here to do. And then around that, you, you start to build that community. And then the community, though, is the thing that really matters. I, I think there's a lot in that that's applicable to a lot of other people and a lot of other things that people do, whether that's in an office or whether that's on a different kind of a team, that the thing that we're producing Sure, that's there. That's the reason that we're there. But it's the community that forms around the thing that we're producing that actually so often ends up being the most valuable thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so as you think about that community, that leads you then into making this decision where you say, hey, I want to do kind of the business end of what's going on in the theater so what are some of the things that yeah why is that a necessary thing like i i can probably guess at that but you know that a lot better than what i do so what are the things that you envision doing as somebody who's helping a theater company out with what they're doing in terms of their the business side of what they're doing not necessarily again the performance side of what they're doing yeah but something that gets that performance out in front of people 
Yeah, so um, the community theater I performed with a lot in high school, I've kind of gotten to shadow their board a little bit and kind of learn what they do day to day to run this theater company. And I mean, sure, it's a lot of normal business stuff, so you know, like budgets and all that, but it's also at the end of the day, making sure all the pieces come together. So the costumes and making the budget for the costumes and trying to figure out who we're gonna source out to make them or where are we gonna buy them. Same with sets, same with props, same with every little aspect in theater that you know you don't think about, like even lighting. And it's kind of how can we make those elements, those technical elements, tell the story and kind of help bring that story to life and bring that community to life. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, they you know, when they go to a theater show, it just feels like magic to them. And in a lot of ways, it is sort of a magical experience for the person who's watching the show. But when you're on the other side of the stage there, if you will, it's not magic for you. You're creating the magic, and you're creating the magic in all sorts of different ways by what the actors are doing and by, you know, the the fact that they have costumes and (laughs) they have lighting and they have all of this other stuff. And that's where you come in. You're actively enabling that community to be there in front of those people so that they can have that magical experience and you're providing that for them. That's a really neat idea that you're driving that magical experience for people. Yeah. So as you've been doing theater and as you're, you know, really honestly sort of getting into the business side of this, what have been the things that you've seen that you go, oh, that tells me something about the world or that tells me something about human beings? What is it about theater? What is it about the business end of theater even that has been kind of a learning moment for you where you've you've had kind of that aha um so one of the moments that I always go back to is when I was in high school I think it was my senior year I got to help direct elementary school kids I think it was second grade to fifth grade or is in a production of frog and toad kids <laughs> frog and toad <laughs> Which... kids sounds really fun <laughs> Yeah, so it's like a 30-minute performance, and it's like a bunch of the like little short stories of Frog and Toad that I grew up with. I know a lot of those kids had even grown up with. And it was kind of neat to show them something I've been passionate about since I was their age. Again, I was, I think, fourth grade, going into my fifth grade year in 2011. Mm-hmm. So I was right around their age when starting, so it was kind of magical to see and kind of be there to watch a lot of those kids their first experience at the community aspect of a theater and kind of see them not only just be part of the magic but be creating that magic and I mean Frog and Toad has a lot of good stories for kids I mean there's ones about bullying and how to be a good friend and how to stand up for others all in that show so it was kind of nice to teach those kids those important life lessons if not that they already knowing it and kind of solidifying it with how to stand up for others when they're being bullied and how to be a good friend because the whole show revolves around one year with frog and toad and at the start of the year toad or no frog finds out that toad has never gotten a piece of mail so he writes frog or toad a letter and gives it to snail and it takes that full year for it to get 
to <laughs> wow yeah we call it snail mail but it, uh, it's not that it's that actual slow, snail mail right yeah so it's kind of you know he saw that his friend was hurting because he never got mail so he wrote out the beginning of the year and at the end of the year it was like a really sweet message after toad had gone through some hardships yeah Wow, that's really interesting. You know, that's another part of, I think, the theater thing, whatever that is, that as some somebody who's on stage, what the person who's on stage or even the person who's behind the stage realizes is that the good productions, they have really valuable messages hidden inside of them. And the people that are, that community that's gathered around to work on that production really in a lot of ways they're gathered around that idea because that idea is central to whatever they're putting out there they're gathered around that idea in order to make that idea known to make to bring awareness to it and that's a part of what that community does and so you giving those those kids sort of that backstage pass view of this is what it's like to be a part of this community and a part of what it means to be a part of this community is that we're sharing an important message with the people that are in the audience. That's huge that they can understand that, oh, a big part of what life is all about is just sharing what's important about what we're noticing. And so yeah. that that's really kind of a neat thing to notice. And something that honestly I had not really thought about before but the sort of way that community and that message comes together and how valuable that intersection is there. So speaking of intersections, one of the things that the brilliant believes is that the best work comes out of people that are able to find that intersection between what they believe and what they're doing. And so how do you do that? You know, you've had this sort of wandering path where you've been trying to match up what you believe and what you do. It sounds like you feel like you've found a bit of a fit now. How do you connect those things up? How are you connecting up what it is that you're doing right now as a a business management major with a minor in the humanities wanting to go into helping theaters out? And then just sort of what some of those deeply held beliefs are and how do you connect those two things? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, I've always had this belief for 10 years now that my voice and my singing ability and all all that entails with performing kind of comes from my belief. So my love of theater and kind of the whole reason I ended up down this path of theater management, my business management major with a minor in humanities is because of my belief, if we look at it that way, because 10 years ago, the performance bug hit me and I wanted to use my voice to perform for the world and to create that community. And again, I believe that my belief is why I have this voice and why my path has set me down from mechanical engineering to (laughs) business management now. Yeah, and, and that belief isn't exclusive of those who no. go into mechanical engineering. You you recognize, okay, you know, the people yeah. that go into mechanical engineering have somehow been created to do that. That there are people who are created to 
do mechanical engineering. There are people who are created to do things like theater and singing and and those kind of things. And uh, that, you know, in the way that the world works the best, a lot of times is when we recognize, okay, hey, this is something that I've been gifted with. This is something that God has given me that I can now go about using and I can use what God has given me to use and I can figure out what that is, you know, that, that's been your story. And then yeah. that actually frees me up and enables me then to really rejoice in the people that have giftings that are not mine. So you talk about you know, that your gift is singing. My gift is not singing. <laughs> but I'm a huge music fan because yeah. I recognize, hey, that's not my gift, but that is a great gift that God has given to somebody else. And when I hear that, that music, I can go, there's no way. I can't even approach that right now, but I can, I can be grateful for it. I can celebrate it. I can say, oh, that's really cool. That's kind of what you're able to do then as well is yeah. to say, wow, the whole world is so varied in terms of who's gifted and where our job so much of the time is to find out how we're gifted. And I think that fits in with your, your notion of community. So yeah. everybody in a community has to find their place. Has there ever been a show that you've worked on or something like that where you were cast in the wrong position or, or put in the wrong role that you went, oh, this isn't right for me. I'm not helping my community out here. Um, have you ever had a moment like that? Not that I can think of because I've always been in the ensemble and in later years of high school, I did end up getting some leading roles. But since I was always growing up in the ensemble, I kind of understood from a young age that there's no small part in a show, only small actors. Sure. So, like, no matter what, there's always a part to be done. Oh, I think yeah. the one that I kind of was skeptical at at first was um, when I did Oliver in my senior year of high school. I was originally cast as Mrs. Sowerberry, who... If you guys don't know Oliver Twist, she's the funeral parlor owner that basically buys Oliver in the beginning of the show. And I was like looking over her lines, I was like, I have no idea why I was cast as this. But then as I started down the path of doing that show and going into rehearsals, I kind of understood that it was for the community because the guy who played Mr. Sourberry, he and I had never done a show together and he and I like got really close in the first couple weeks because, you know, they would have us go off for character building stuff together. And he was very shy. He had come from a private school. This was his first public school year because he was a freshman and I was a senior. So I kind of got him out of his shell and kind of brought him into the community there. So I understood after a while why I was cast in the role and my place in the community with that role. Okay, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense where that even goes sort of a, a level deeper than even that sense of going, okay, this isn't me. Like, you know, you had those moments yeah. as you were going through your academic career and going, this is not my role in the greater community of the world. I'm not yeah. supposed to be a cyber criminologist that, you know, that that's just not working out. But there's also something in that story of yours that tells a different story. And it tells the story of sometimes 
we're in a place that doesn't initially make sense to us. We don't initially understand, okay, why am I here? How does this work out? And I think for a lot of people that are interested in your story of, hey, I was this major, then I was that major, then I was that major, it's good to know that a lot of times we don't initially understand where we're supposed to be. And that's been your story. You were like, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be an engineer. Ooh, okay, engineer didn't quite work out. I don't initially understand it, but now I'm gonna try this out. And ooh, that doesn't work out. And now you're in this and you're like, oh, there, there's an alignment here that I can see, but I had to go through all of the rest of that in order to see that. Just like you had to really sort of wrestle with that role of Mrs. Sourberry and go, okay, why? <laughs> um, what, what, why this? And eventually you found that out. And she was fun, don't get me wrong. It was just, I had never played kind of that comedic, because she's very, she's supposed to be a very comedic old Broadway kind of character. And I had never played that, so I was very nervous getting oh, sure. the role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine. How do I even lay this out? And yeah. that's probably been a part of, I think, you know, as somebody who, who bounced around a couple of majors myself, I think sometimes that's a big question on our minds is how do I behave in this world now that I'm graduated as an English major, but I was an art major for a while. I was an education major for a while. And how, how do I exist in those different roles because so often we let those roles almost dictate to us what our face out to the rest of the world should be. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting sense, too. Well, hey, Emma, thanks for being with us. Thanks for, you know, for being with us on the interview here. And thanks for being with us as you'll be working on our social media presence and getting that up and going. And so if you're seeing Instagram posts from The Brilliant or other things, uh, Emma is behind that. So make sure you, you like and subscribe because she will appreciate that. And if you have anything to let us know about here at The Brilliant, we'd ask that you would email us at brilliantfsu at gmail.com and then also find us on instagram like and subscribe there you can you can dm us all of the places that you would expect to find us so once again emma thanks for being here and thanks for having me last words for any for for everybody go like and subscribe on the instagram i'm sure to be making some fun posts here in the next couple weeks Fantastic. So so like and subscribe, share with her all of that good stuff because she won't only be doing that for the brilliant soon. She'll be doing that for some community playhouse or something near you. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into the brilliant podcast. We appreciate every stream. If you enjoy what you hear and would like to stay updated with us, please connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at The Brilliant. We love to hear from you all and continue to improve based on feedback from you. Thanks again for listening.